0: Hi, it's Megan, and this is episode three of Sneakers in Stereo. We made it! Today, my guest is Jill Smith. We went to high school together, but she has done literally everything since. She was my class valedictorian. She's been a blazer model, a.k.a. a news anchor. She ran a mayoral campaign, and you know what? Her candidate did not come in last, so... She's also the child of a judge a stand-up comedian, and she plays dodgeball commando. We'll get into what that means. Enjoy the listen.
1: You really are hopping around. (laughs) I have no problem leaving if I don't like it. No, that's that's great.
0: (laughs) I'm employable, damn it. Yeah. I was thinking about um, on the way over how long we've known each other. It's been a long time now. It's over 25 years. Over 25 years? Yes, because we went to grade nine together. Yes, it was grade nine, not graduation. That's true. No, not graduation. Although um, I was invited to
1: the (laughs) reunion. Yes. And people were like, You didn't graduate from here? (laughs) I was like, No, I I went went somewhere else. else. Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot that you went somewhere else. I really did think you graduated with us. I was the one that planned the reunion because oh, I was right. valedictorian. Yeah, yeah, were. I was yes. like, Well, we got to get Megan here.
0: I can't So, valedictorian was like a huge, huge title. Yeah, how, it was big. How does that happen? Like who picks
1: and and it, people just voted for it and it oh, was crazy. It had to be a certain percentage of the votes and I would have voted for you. Well, thank you. So you know. I was I I I always tried to be nice to everybody and that one moment it paid off, I suppose. <laughs> But it just meant I had to write a speech with Tyler Harris, the Aww, other Tyler the, Harris. Yes, yeah.
0: I haven't seen him in a long time. I used to. He played saxophone. Yeah.
1: So I knew him for a long time.
0: Yes, that's right. Played trumpet.
1: Yes. Yeah. You played the cool instrument. I always wanted to play trumpet. What did I, you play? The oboe. Oh yeah. No one wants to jam with an oboe.
0: Did you play all the way through?
1: Yes, I did. Good My mother for you. forced me every year. Do you we still had fight. play? <laughs> Do you still ever play
0: oboe? Do you ever take no, it but out? No, I
1: did take it as an adult band a few years ago. Oh, like, that's When awesome. was that? When my son was in band, I, I was like, I'm going to do an adult band Good for a for while. You. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Was it George Charpentier who was conducting, or who? No, it was in Regina. Oh, you lived in Regina? Yes, I lived in Regina. My God, <laughs> where sorry. have you not been? <laughs> what have you not done? I know it's wild. It's I've been um, just back and forth between Regina, to be honest. No, yeah. but I was
0: I was trying to explain you. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> to T Bone as as I was pitching you as a guest. And I was like, you know, she's she's really cool. I, I I just like her. He's like, Great, let's have her. I'm like, Yeah, I'll tell you her story. So she is. Uh she was a news anchor. Remember yeah. when you were a news anchor?
1: Yeah, that was wild. I wore a lot of blazers back then. A lot of blazers. Yeah. yeah. Uh it was a lot of fun but I I loved reporting. That that was where my passion really was. Was chasing down a story and getting the story from somebody and uh that's what really lit my fire in journalism more mm-hmm. so than than sitting there and uh being the anchor. Um so I didn't stay in it for too long but I I did enjoy the the reporting side of things much more so. Um did you ever mess up on air? Uh, yes, lots of times. You learn to uh, just get over it. Yeah. What they teach you is to look down, <laughs> like that's after it? At, you reset. And the weirdest thing is, mm. is as soon as the anchor takes her attention away from the screen, the the front of the of the camera, um, everybody else looks down, and you you look back up, and you <gasps> reset, and it's like the whole world just started all over again. And that's what they taught me to do every time there was any kind of a, a mess up or or anything like that. But I did, um, when I was a reporter, had a total blank on the name of my interview subject when I was oh, live on television. Oh. I, I'd spent the whole day with this woman. It was yeah. a really compelling story. Oh. Um, she'd been abused by her teacher. Oh, it, was, no. it was really compelling. And when I got to air, I could only remember her first name. So I was like, Alicia, Alicia. Oh, my. <laughs> and then I just looked down, looked back up and carried on <laughs> with the
0: story. But okay, that's like a life trick we need to incorporate this hack into regular life if you ever see me just looking down please just also look down with me just for that let's take a beat together and then restart our lives because you know i need it okay yes yes i'm in
1: i love using that trick for
0: for decades okay during this podcast if i look down t-bone you just hit that space bar just for a second that's a pause yeah and then (laughs) and then when i look back up it's space bar o'clock again Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. How does your son feel about being on camera now? And uh, like... I'm trying to look to the
1: future here like will my kids always be cool with me documenting them or he's always been on board with being a part of what I've been up to like he's always been game for it Um, he's always made videos himself he's been really Mm. interested so he's behind the camera and boy do I have stories of him he set our toilet on fire one time in the opening Water! how How does does that happen I know Yeah, he was doing opening credits and he had that and then he set it on fire and it was on a sheet paper the opening credits and so it was burning away and I was like Keevan how did you melt our toilet seat like how did this even happen and why am I yelling at you about setting our toilet on fire like how is this even a conversation (laughs) that has to happen right now and and then at the end after I calmed down I was like well did it look pretty cool yeah it looked pretty cool mom you know it was neat oh my god so he's actually going to film school this fall What? oh my god you've influenced him so much Wait, where is he going? To the U of R, the film school there, and then off to Vancouver at some point. I know he's moving away.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's great.
1: And how are you feeling? I feel old. <laughs> but but really excited for him. Like it is so exciting to, if I knew at, at his age what I wanted to do and was going for it, I would have had a, a different life probably than the life I've had. Uh, I love my life and I love the life that I've had, mm-hmm. but just for to be 17 and to already know what you want to do and that's your passion and you're going to go for it, yeah. that is so exciting for what me. What a rarity. It is a rarity. So when you were 17, what did you think
0: you were going to do? During
1: Journalism. I just well, okay. didn't do it, <laughs> but you did. I did eventually. Yes. What, what was your roundabout path? Well, first off, I, I did go to university straight out of high school, yeah. and I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. So arts and science. So I did arts and science, mm-hmm. and I, I bombed out hard. They were finally like, lady, you need to stop registering for classes, and like, <laughs> request to dismiss is what it was called, no. RTD. They're like, you need to stop coming here until you I get yourself sorted. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's but- a thing. I was wasting a lot of money. Yeah. And your time, too. And my time. Uh, So I took a year off, and Mm -hmm. when I was taking the year off, I was a hostess at the keg with this Mm -hmm. other gal. We all went out one night, and we were talking about how we each had an interest in journalism. And so we we were sitting there, we're like, we should start our own paper. That's what we should do. And uh, the next morning when we woke up, we were like... Well, what about that? Well, let's just look into it and see how tricky it is. And so the more we looked into it, the more it was viable. And the next thing you knew, we started up this newspaper called Soapbox. With what? The, yeah, with a distribution of 10,000. And we, uh, we we kept phoning Planet S for like, like we're like, where did you get those... Uh, pretending it wasn't us but like asking them for advice of like where did you get the holders to put your papers in and things like that (laughs) and and were they forthcoming they knew it was us like for sure they did they're like what is happening why are you people phoning us and pretending to be just random people looking for like you want that for your living room i don't think so
0: I wish that I had a copy of Soapbox. Yes. What was in it?
1: We had all sorts of things. We had our politics section was called Middle Aged White Men. I oh, love it. We uh. had a, the whole the whole idea was to get young people involved in volunteering and politics and get them excited about these things. So the volunteer section was called Do the Deed and we rewrote the little the little volunteer ads in ways that were sort of racy with double entendres and stuff. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> And uh yeah we uh had a thing called get get a job already and we uh would go out and get jobs or run for mayor as we did in one of the episodes and um you ran for mayor? Right about it. Yes, I didn't I was the campaign manager but Louise, my business partner ran for mayor in 2003. Amazing. She didn't finish last. Well, yeah. There's
0: a lot of uh candidates actually for mayor usually. Yeah. She finished second last. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> but we were going over budgets and yeah. writing you get an English major and a and a journa- you know and a sociology major writing speeches. We did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Have you actually ever thought about being in politics? Um, I have. I love politics. I really do. Um, but my love for journalism is more. So I mm-hmm. prefer to be a bystander and uh, an observer and watch. I was legislative reporter for a while when I worked at News that Talk. That would be interesting. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it so much. I think it is such an important process uh, mm-hmm. and that people need to be involved at various levels. Mm-hmm. For me, it's as a voter and as, a, as an observer right now. Right. Um, and
0: as someone who is not allowed to give an opinion either way. Yes, exactly. Which I think would be very challenging.
1: It can be, you know, but it's funny when I've been in a position where I'm supposed to give an opinion now, I have a really hard time not seeing both sides. Uh, Just Mm. when I was a talk show host, people want you to take a side in things. And I found it really tricky every morning going, what is my take on this? Because I can see the other side. And uh, people don't want somebody sitting on a fence. That's really boring to listen to.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have thought about being in politics. Um, actually many times I've thought about it when, when You'd be great. well, thanks. I feel like I'd be difficult to vote for because I am pro-life. I am vegetarian. <gasps> I know. I am, I mean, atheist. Uh, you just check every box that's like a difficult one <laughs> and like, I'm at, oh, in Saskatchewan, in Saskatchewan. I just, I think it would be, um, like I, I have pretty thick skin but i don't think it's thick enough.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's you have to be you have to really want it. You have to really yeah. want to to be in in that game before you step into that arena cuz it agree. is nasty,
0: especially for a woman. Yes. And i the reason it comes up every now and then is because something happens and i'm like somebody has to do something. Well, i guess it has to be me. <laughs> like i'm not doing anything today. What am i doing? I should probably just, you know, hop in the ring. But then I really think it through and life would change so much and I would never be able to think, what am I doing today? Nothing, because I'd just be doing politics constantly.
1: Yeah, no, so. that'd be the tricky part. I grew up with uh, having to be on the fence or being an example and and with people watching cuz my dad mm. was a judge. So <gasps> now was... I'm seeing the valedictorian.
0: Now I'm seeing your grades. Now I'm seeing all the like making yes. people happy in high school. Mhm.
1: Interesting, Kate. Sorry to interrupt. Keep that thought going. Yeah, no, that's that was that was a big part of it, right? We got sat down when I was like 7 or 8 years old saying, "Kate, dad's going to be made a judge and that means people are going to be you're under the microscope. People are going to be Watching, you need to be, um, make, be an example. You need to all of that stuff. Have poise, have grace with people. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't do something that's going to put us all in disrepute. And and that was that was a big part of it, right? So yes, because family
0: does reflect so much on you. Like, yeah, um, I'm really fortunate that my kids. I mean, I'm, I live a slightly public life. You know, I have my blog, and um, I get recognized here and there as sneakers you know mm-hmm. um but my my kids I feel like I can send them out into the world and they are better role models than I am you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> because I've hidden all of the parts of me that I don't want them to model <laughs> <laughs> I try really hard <laughs> um but did like when you were a kid did you did you feel that pressure and and how did it uh was there ever like a breaking
1: point for you for sure there was there was a there was a lot of um a a lot of pressure in the sense that, um, people made a lot of assumptions about us and my family because my dad was a judge. Mm. They made assumptions about our financial situation. They made assumptions about, um, the kind, you know, that we were goody-goody, that we were, you know, um, privileged because of it. And, um, they didn't understand the actual situation we were in, uh, which was really quite the opposite in, in lots of ways. And in grade nine, it was, he was actually um, in the newspaper a transcript when he went back to being a lawyer. Um, he was in the paper for one of his clients, um, Glenn Ivor Jones, who was running this massive crime ring, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad's transcripts to his client in the paper ended up in the paper, and it was very um, public all of a sudden what my dad's job was and what he did, and he got... Um, uh, found to be conduct conduct on becoming a lawyer for taking proceeds of crime, um, which was very um, difficult. And I remember we were supposed to be taking, in English that, that day, we were supposed to be taking newspaper articles and Mrs. Patola. Oh my God, I remember this. Our, Jill, I remember this exact. A different paper. She took a different, like she took a, a, oh a different gosh. route or yeah, a different whatever. Yeah, because I've never heard of
0: that newspaper article that you're talking about. Yeah. But I remember Mrs. Patola. Bringing a newspaper article.
1: Yes. And she made sure it was not that weekender. Interesting. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. That's very kind but of But I still have a copy of that, uh, of that paper. Um, and it, it, it's it's actually also um, allowed me, when I'm in my journalism career, to really be thoughtful of the other side as well, or the impact that uh, that writing certain stories have on everybody, not just, um, not just the... The general public, but mm-hmm. the the families that are involved, the the people that are involved, because it it can lay a, a tornado through everybody's lives. Uh, just one one article. Yeah. Mm hmm. And now even more so with everything being online. Imagine yes. Th- and it's if forever on
0: Facebook.
1: Yeah, exactly. How that, you know, it would have just gotten around like like wildfire that way. It would be easy enough for back then for a teacher to just pull the article right. and, and do a different one and focus on that for the, for the day. But I remember waking up knowing we were going to be doing newspaper articles that day, just sick just thinking, it. yeah, just dreading it. And then uh, getting there and seeing that she had done that changed the article it was uh, pretty magical.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, what a sick
0: feeling that must've been. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, how did you guys recover from that as a family?
1: You know, um, we didn't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what all happened. Um, my parents really tried to shield us from from yeah. that whole thing a lot. The the one message I did get out of it was that, um, look, uh, a lot of lawyers take proceeds of crime. And people, you know, uh, gang members, when they get arrested for something, don't go out and get paper routes to pay their lawyers. Um, it, the money's oh, coming so from wait, somewhere. Hang on. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, ha- I
0: guess I just don't understand how else people can pay for lawyer's. If not through, if, if their whole life is based in crime and that's how they make money. And then it's illegal for them to pay their lawyer with that money. Uh, they borrow it
1: from their moms. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Or
0: a legitimate business. Or launder it first. Come on. Oh, yeah. I see. Launder you're tapping it. your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what they do. Okay. You work at Global now. Mm-hmm. But you also work as a comedian.
1: Yes, I do stand-up comedy. I didn't
0: even know you were funny in high school. I mean... I wasn't. You were smart. And that usually
1: goes hand in hand, but... You know, my mom always said growing up that I was either going to end up being a stand-up comic or prime minister. That's what her her assessment was of where my skill set was at. Um, I always was the clown at home, would try to ease tension and any fighting that was going on, I would would come up, crack some jokes and and make some fun of things, make fun of myself, be pretty self-deprecating. And uh, it was always on my bucket list. Every year at my birthday, I write a bucket list of things that I just really want to do that year. And um, stand-up comedy was on the list for several years. Hmm. And um, uh, finally, one year, I was like, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for this. And so I went and scoped out some, like a creep, went and scoped out some <laughs> of the open mics. Yeah. And watched. And I was sitting there, and I watched, and I watched, and I was like, nope, I can run with these guys. I can run with these boys. Yes. And uh, so I signed up for it a week later. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it because I didn't want pity laughs. Right. I didn't want anybody I know. But it was funny because a bunch of the reporters that worked for me at CTV found out I was going to go do it that night. And they showed up. And I was really glad to see them because it was nice having some friendly faces in the audience for sure. And people laughed. People thought it was funny. Yeah. I've just kept going. I've had a mentor, a comedy mentor. Who's your mentor? His name is Matthew Murray. He's been in the industry for- T-Bone's nodding his head. 25 years. Yeah, he's originally from Calgary. Boy, is he a genius. When it comes to um, joke- Makeup and what makes up a joke and what makes a good joke and um, he's really helped me with my style. He's like, you do a really long setup and then all of a sudden punchline, 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 and I wouldn't have known that that's my style except that he pointed it out. Because he's a he's good at dissecting comedy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's been it's been good. I've got a gig in um, Red Deer out of town coming up. Is that your first out of towner? My big, my first big out of towner. Yeah, there's it's 400 tickets to this wow, sucker. Wow, so Jill, that's awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And I I've hosted at Yuck Yucks now, and they've asked me back, which is great. Oh my god, I'm gonna go next time you're there for sure. Yes, for sure, it's coming up, and uh, yeah, this one will be a longer set than the first time was, and so you just keep adding to your set and making sure that you've got more material and writing new stuff and adding to what you have and away you go. So with writing, I find that um, I have
0: tricks to push my creative boundaries. And um, did you know that I I did stand up for a little bit too? I didn't. Yeah. Well, okay. So I did improv for a few years and I would travel with this little group. That's amazing. I mostly got paid in beer. Yeah. But it was fun. (laughs) And... I was not good at stand-up. Like when I when I saw other people, I didn't think to myself I can run with those guys. But I had people around me telling me that I could. And yes. so I was like, Well, I guess you probably know best. Yes. So, so I will do this thing I will, you say. I'll try. It just wasn't for me. And that's okay, but I'm glad I tried, you know. Um, but when I was writing, um, and tell me if this is similar or different or I'm just curious about your process. So when I was writing my comedy, we would come up with like a subject and we would just write so many facts or related ideas about that subject until we couldn't think of any more. And then somehow they started getting funny because, you know, you you must think of more. That's the exercise. You must continue the brainstorm. And it gets so
1: kooky, you know, um, now, does, is that how you write or is it? it eventually, you're just howling. Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. And it's at some point, Matthew runs runs me through those things after I've already got a premise. So my premises usually come from real life. Um, Let's dissect one of your jokes. So, okay. so one of the jokes I, I do is making fun of how generic my name is. <laughs> yes. And Jill Smith. Like, that's really, really, guys, this is what you went with? Like, my <laughs> parents obviously spent a long time naming me, you know? <laughs> they they went with Jill Smith and so it goes through all the problems with having your name be jill smith and so one of them is uh you know they can't keep my prescriptions straight you know Mm -hmm. you're sitting there are you the jill smith that needs the the hemorrhoid cream (laughs) you and you know and it it
0: is but you don't want to admit to it so you let them keep
1: going yeah yeah no and you you know you're the one that needs the the toe fungus stuff you know i'm like no not that no that's not it either you know and and so then after you finish going through all the ways that it's annoying having your you know fud ruckers you got to fight with 25 jill s's Mm. to get your burger and fries Mm -hmm. you know and You go through all the things of why it sucks having your name be Jill Smith. Then you can start on the ways of why that's super handy. Well, somebody at a fancy restaurant has a, res- a reservation under Jill Smith. Yes, you're gonna get into the best restaurants. You know, <laughs> you're gonna get these these special perks. Be- you know, Starbucks there's a uh, there's some coffee ready for you. Yeah, if you're not picky. It's gonna be something <laughs> fancy. It'll be great. You know, so you can go through all those the ways that it's great to have a name like Jill Smith. Yeah, it sounds like you're you so in are that like a way, Brainstormer, it, it does the brainstormer. But what my usual technique is is I have a gig coming up. Mm -hmm. and or an open mic night and i have nothing ready and i wait to the last possible moment and then i start trying to think of funny things (laughs) and it just comes to me so you don't do the same set all the time um no you build like you build your set and i've got my solid 10 minutes that i do but Mm -hmm. adding up and doing finding more stuff for the 20 minute set Mm. or you want to you have a joke that you, you you're constantly trying to make your set longer so that eventually you have enough that you can headline Right. Right? And so I'm not at the stage where I can headline yet because I don't have 40 minutes. So it's like you got to you got to write and and get it going. But I'm such a procrastinator. I find that waiting till the pressure is really on and you really have to get it done. um, That's when it really starts. The the creativity just kicks in and it it goes. You and
0: me both for real. um, I will only ever write a blog post the night before. And sometimes I am like, oh, you know what? I'll have an hour when I get home after this event. Everything's fresh in my mind. It would be so great if I could just bang that out, and then live the rest of my day. I'm gonna do it, I'm you know, do it, and it's gonna come. And I am
1: a crabby mess while I'm doing it. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's 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 like get away from me, everybody. Mm-hmm. I need I just need some solitude. I need five or ten minutes just of complete silence so that I can sort this out. And I also go.
0: need silence. Who are these people who can work with music Music, No, especially lyrics. I'm like, no, I will sing those lyrics. They will. I will accidentally write those lyrics into whatever I'm writing. Yeah. Like,
1: no, I am going to need my own thought train. Yeah. Everyone off. Nobody aboard. Nobody's allowed on. No, you're totally right. It's 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 dead silence for me. I can't I can't do it. I could I could I was always like that with homework, with writing stories for for um, for work. I could never do it with music. That's. But you worked in a co-working space, no? Yes, I did. But it was a quiet co-working space. And so it'd be one thing where, um, you know, somebody comes in, you stop what you're doing, and you say hi really quickly kind of thing Mm -hmm. or visit. And I made some friends there, so I chatted enough. You know, sometimes (laughs) you're looking to chat because you're procrastinating,
0: so it worked out well. That's the best time to clean is, like, when you have something to do. Yes. You just look around at other tasks, and you're like, I think I could get all of that done and still have
1: time to write this this in, thing know, that needs to be minutes. written. Yes. It, it but I find it like the creative process once it kicks in, it goes fast. And I agree. it's fast and furious and you're just trying to get it all out and that's where that brainstorming and the those ideas come in, right? Yes. Mhm. Do you lose track of time? Oh, yeah. I fall into... To- I am ADHD, so I... I Are put- you? Oh, yes. I put things off like no one's business, and then I'll hyper-focus on something. And when I get hyper-focused into something, the whole world falls away. I remember one time I almost forgot to pick Keevan up from daycare <laughs> uh, because I was editing something for the first time in journalism school, and I fell into editing, and I just loved it. And to this day, I still love editing video or radio. It doesn't matter. And... Um, fell into this time warp and then was like, holy cow, I got to go run across campus and pick up this child of mine that I'm raising, like <laughs> this child I'm supposed to keep alive. I have a thing I have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will admit that I'm not
0: amazing with keeping schedules straight. Like I have missed a birthday party here and there or been late for forever. Bir- that's more common. I've only missed two birthday parties for my kids Uh, Like, not their own birthday party. That would be real bad. That would be real problematic. Uh, But I have missed a couple of their friends' birthdays. More often than not, someone will text me and say, oh, hey, um, on your way over, can you blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, oh, my God. We have a birthday party. Everybody? Everybody? getting ready for a birthday party now and they're like they're like yeah, birthday, that's birthday okay. party protocol. that's just mom <laughs> yeah birthday party party protocol we're that's ready right. to do it put a party dress on that's exactly <laughs> it get something from
1: like that stash where you keep extra toys do you i do don't that? do that oh, but you but my do husband it. does he it's does awesome. and so we can really he's got transformer he's got yeah. all sorts of things just every away. age group you're gonna need it yep it's beautiful i feel like that's my best parenting tip that's a great. It's just tip. have a
0: lot of extra toys hidden because you will forget that you're
1: going to need one. Yes, you're going to forget somebody's birthday. Yes, or last minute they're going to get pull out an invite from their backpack and it's in two hours. Oh, yes, the backpack
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so bad for that in high school. Actually, all through school, I would have things in my backpack like permission slips or whatever. <laughs> I, I have forged a signature here and there. I and
1: have uh, been known to forge a signature too. You're yes. going to have
0: to. And I would tell my mom, I'm like, I'm sorry, I had to forge your signature today because I forgot, blah, blah, blah. That like, would not have flown in my house. <laughs> oh, yeah, your dad's a judge. Yeah, that would not have flown at all. <laughs> when my mom listens to these, and she's probably going to be like, I don't think that ever happened. But it did, Mom. It did. It happened. It did happen. You've done a lot of stuff. Is there anything that's been scary that you said no to that you wish you would have said yes to
1: <sighs> yeah you know what um ballet I I, hmm. I was a dancer all through high school I danced 40 hours a week um God. what that's a full-time job loved it yes I loved dance I loved ballet and it I also had this knack of self-sabotage. And so uh, when it came down to um, auditions for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, I slid into the splits and not warmed up. And I think I almost did it on purpose, so I had an excuse of why I didn't get in kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I do. It was one of those. And my mom was like, what are you doing? You know, it was very... she called me on it, you know, and we had a big talk about self-sabotage after that and, and um, you know, what to do. And I finally made peace with dance. Um, I had gone back to dance at, when I was 19. I had taken a year off in grade 12 to make sure my grades were good and um, the rest of high school, et cetera, to focus on school better. Mm-hmm because I wasn't going to do dance and when I was 19 I decided I'm going to go back and I'm going to do dance and maybe that's what I'll end up doing because university was just not going and um, I was trying to get down into the center splits again and my dance teacher was like why didn't you ever go for it
0: Mm. and I just
1: looked at her and I said I didn't think I was good enough and she said you were beautiful to watch on stage oh yeah and I just uh, just hearing that from her and and knowing that and that You know, I had this love of movement and that I, you know, that I, that I was beautiful to watch on stage was enough for me after that. Yeah, that's validation. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. From someone who knows you, cares about you, and also knows her way around dance. That's right.
1: Yeah, it meant a lot to me anyway, more than, more than I could have said it. She was like a second mom to me because I had spent so much time there. Yeah,
0: 40 hours a week. That is probably in high school more time than you're spending with your parents. Yes. Wow. For
1: sure. It was a lot. (laughs) we'd we'd have fights her and I like and you know stomping out and storming out and don't you roll your eyes at me and you know those like (laughs) like a family that kind of dynamic yeah that kind of dynamic so I am I am sorry that I that I in in some ways subconsciously said no to dance before I really gave it a shot uh in that way but Jill this is hitting me (laughs) my daughter is dropping
0: out of dance. Oh, really? So she danced a a few times a week last year, and um, she's only seven. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know how dance is. Yes, I do. And this year she decided to do recreational and only one class a week. And Ah. she has been telling me this whole year, this is just the last year I'm going to dance. I'm done. And I thought she would change her mind for a long time. And now she's counting down. When's my recital again? It's Saturday. Oh, okay. That's the last time I'll do ballet. And and I don't get it. And I'm, I didn't grow up dancing, but um, her, like my sister-in-law is a ballerina, and you know that's her auntie. And I just feel, oh, she is she giving up something that she'll regret giving up. But I mean,
1: you know what's great mm-hmm. is that they're not over the hill when they're twelve, in and ballet. In ballet, really? Yeah, she could go to back. go back. She could go back if she decided to go back. I like your optimism. People people get real snooty about it all the time. But the fact is some people don't even start till they're 12. If they have the right bodies for it and the right whatever right. mind for it and they, they enjoy music and they enjoy moving and they have a passion for it you know it's never too late that way it's it's too late when you're 19 probably trying to go back and you'll never get down into the center splits again Is what I learned <laughs> no but I actually think you probably could still get in the center splits if you really broke
0: your hips and went for it no yeah. I, I, I do think that like now I dance do you dance right now I, I don't right now you no I come do t- yoga come dance with me
1: I will uh,
0: I take like a, a sultry jazz class oh. you would effing love it Jump. I'm in yeah, I mean, it's that Saskatoon seriously. pool dance, and it's, it's just drop-in, too. Like, you can just book one-offs, nice. and then they do choreography um, at the beginning. Like, Well, that's the whole class. It's like one piece of choreography that you learn all together. I'm generally the only person who didn't grow up dancing, so um, instead of listening to the terms, which I don't know – I just you watch them, them and I do my own. It doesn't matter. Like, it, there's no audience. There's, you know, it's just for you. But for people who grew up loving dance and giving it up at some point in their lives, um, it's really nice to have that back. You should come with me. I'm in. Kate, let's have a date. Let's do it. Kate. Yeah, I'm in. It's, it's, something, it's something scary you said no to that you can go back to. Yeah, you could go back. I mean, and it's not it. the Winnipeg ballet, but.
1: No, but that's okay. It's sultry. I don't uh, sultry is, is a better a better uh, switch, I think, anyway, at this time. Where's your son? At school? He's at school. He's graduating from Aiden Bowman, where oh, we went. went. Yeah. Well, I went for a moment. <laughs> for a moment you went, but in my heart, you went the entire in time. In my in my heart, I, I I still have all my friends from there. And you know what's amazing is he called me the other day super pumped because he was shortlisted to be valedictorian no as well. Way. Yeah. Oh my god. We need him to win. I know. I know you're a journalist and
0: can't be like a political, but I'm not. <laughs> Let me in.
1: Let me in there, people. Yeah, he's like, I, he's like I'm going to do World War II kind of style propaganda. It's oh. coming out there. And he's like, and I'm, spe- I'm learning how to write the best speech you've ever heard. And I have to give it at the end of May and give a speech for this. He, he's all in. He's studying the best ways to win this. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I've got some stiff competition, Mom, but I think, you know, I think I got this.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cute.
1: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And I loved it that he called me. Like, he didn't text me yet. He was so excited. He still wanted to call his mom, you know, and tell her. That's pretty neat. Oh, I hope excited. that
0: I'm always the first person that my kids want to tell things to.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too. I I do like it's it's cool that he's 17 that that's that's where he's at right I'm so I'm so proud of him he's such a unique and unique kid and he was growing up he was such a Dennis the menace like uh, what I used to call a harmless hellion he would get Mm. into trouble all the time like Ketchup packets underneath the toilet seats at Bowman. What's with him in toilets? Yeah, I Setting know. Setting toilets on fire, ketchup under them. Yeah, he was getting into trouble they for funny. all kinds of things. Yeah, and it's like, but they're harmless pranks. They yeah. didn't hurt anybody and and that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm really proud of the young man he's becoming. He's he's pretty cool. Uh, I hope that he listens to this so he can hear that.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. Although I do tell him, you know, yeah. occasionally. Yeah. My, my little guy is in this... He, he's flattering me so much that I'm like what's what's going on and who's put you up to it <laughs> he's like mommy I just want to tell you will you record this and so I like he gets me to record it I delete almost all of them because I, I can't have my phone full of this but um, they are adorable he's like mommy when I am a grown man and can't fit in your arms any longer I want you to remember this moment I love you you're good at drawing and <laughs> You're so beautiful, and I like your dresses. It's like, I don't know where it comes from. It's like not coached at all, but it is, it, it just makes my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And I don't know what to say back. I kind of, I like just kind of copy it. I'm like, thanks, I you're love neat. you. I like your dresses. <laughs> he
1: does have a dress, actually. That's great. Yeah. I was nervous about it. You know that? I would be. As a parent, I think, um, uh, you you just worry about people's reactions. But then you sit and you go, no, I shouldn't worry about people's reactions. Yeah, you're right. And support support whatever the kid wants to wear, right? Yes. And how can you blame any kid for wanting to wear a dress over you know a comfortable dress especially if there's pockets in it my goodness (laughs) I
0: know and also who gets the compliments it's the people in the dresses all the time so if if you want to be told like oh you're so pretty oh you're so dressed up like you're not going to be wearing pants and a and a button-up no you're not in the
1: slacks right no no yeah
0: I should probably get him a new dress, actually. I just, oh, I can't pull the trigger. It's so hard to, because it's getting kind of tight on him. It's my old, uh, my daughter's old dress. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Am I buying him dresses now? I guess maybe I can. He he asked for it the other day, and I was like,
1: yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe. It's not quite fitting you now, buddy. <laughs> it's getting it's a little tight. tight. It's looking a little cocktail now, dressy. Yeah, it just looks. <laughs> 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 maybe um, it matters the kind of dress we've got going on. Who knows? Yeah,
0: Maybe. <laughs> anyway yeah i love that guy whatever he grows up to be whoever he grows up to be he's so great
1: yes yeah
0: and i love his dresses
1: there you go (laughs) um are you working today i am working today it's been a busy one um we're training new people and trying to give them the best launch into working at global and what it's like to be there and um isn't it mostly robots No, just for some of the technical side of things, Um, like the camera, the in-studio stuff. Right, because that's all just controlled by someone in Vancouver, correct? Yes, that's correct.
0: I was very surprised when I did a morning show there one
1: day and all the camera people were gone. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, where did they go? Yeah. There's still a lot of camera people in Saskatoon. um, Oh, for like on location? For on location and stuff, yeah. Oh, that's where they went. Yeah. To locations. To locations outside of the studio. (laughs) That's where we keep our cameramen now. you, You don't drink drink though, right? No, I don't. And when was that? This Saturday, it'll be 10 years since I quit drinking. Yep.
0: Amazing. Yes. I and come congratulations, from, because that, that was your
1: choice. It yes, was, you I did it. choose to leave that behind me. It was great. Um, I come from a long line of alcoholics mm. in in my family. Uh, my dad was a recovering alcoholic. I never knew him to drink. Uh, he celebrated uh, 50 years what? last year. Yes. Wow. June 1st for him. That was very, very special. We all had yeah. steak in his <laughs> honor for that. Um, when I quit drinking, he was so proud of me. He said, now listen if you ever get the desire to drink again, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the scuzziest, sleaziest bar in Saskatoon. He's like, that's what I did. I was almost a year sober and I decided I had to go to the Albany at opening time. He's Mm -hmm. like, I want you to go there at opening time. He goes, so I walked in and I got myself a table and there were some barflies sitting around there and they were really sad looking, hungover barflies. He goes, and then they turned the taps on. And a little while later, these are the smartest guys you've ever heard. Know it all, know everything. Mm. And he goes, and I watched that all happen, Jillian, and I said, No, nope, I, I turned away from this. This is this isn't what I want in my life anymore. He goes, So I drank my seven up that I had ordered and I had my resolve back and yeah. walked out of there. And um, I thought it was a little odd that a father would tell his daughter to go to a sleazy bar, but, you know, it was good advice, you know, because it, it, I could, I've bartended in the past and I can, I know who he's talking about. I've seen yeah. people in that situation and that was the path I was headed. Uh, ended up losing a really important relationship to me because of drinking and wasn't willing to lose any more, like a house and a car and yeah. uh, my son and any of the other really important relationships in my life and uh, decided Anything bad that had ever happened to me had really been connected to drinking, mm-hmm. and I was done with it. I did it all on my own, white knuckled it for like five years, and then I did go to AA and uh, start using the the twelve step program, which has been an amazing addition did it feel to my like life. A, like a release, like you know, for the first time in my life, I feel like I've got um, what they call emotional sobriety. So I feel emotions. I can. I can sit with emotions. I can work through the emotions, good and bad. That's never happened before because what I was doing with my drinking was numbing things, trying to not feel, uh, which is what why a lot of people drink, you yeah. know. And for me, um, I, I want to move through all kinds of feelings. That's what life's about, for right? Sure. I want to move through grief. My dad just passed away in March, and I've oh, been I'm so, so sorry. thank you. It's a it was a really peaceful death for him, and every time I get sad about it, he died in his sleep. And I, th- I think you know, really, that's the best way to go for if you have to go. Moving through that grief, um, allowing me to have the great memories and the, the beautiful um, time, you know, time spent with him, were, were, has been great, and so is the sadness because that's this part that's a part you can't skip over and Mm -hmm. uh, letting myself feel that and go through it and feel what grief is actually about I'd rather have that in my life than feel nothing
0: completely agree
1: yeah oh that's yeah so beautiful and yeah yeah, poignant Mm -hmm. it's been a great 10 years that way and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world that way and I think I've it's also allowed me to be a good example for my son um and show them that there are other ways to have fun like i think i'm a pretty fun person i do lots of stuff yeah you're fun <laughs> yeah, come fun. on i do stand-up comedy yeah. for crying out loud you know <laughs> i do i do fun things dodgeball and you play dodgeball not lately i were had you it, in a dodgeball league i job? was yeah <laughs> no you weren't i was yeah <laughs> Yeah. But how
0: do you get into a dodgeball? I want to be in a dodgeball league.
1: Okay, well, I'll come dancing
0: with you. You come okay, dodgeball okay. with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. trade. Yeah, I think so. Is this like, I, I can only picture it being outside the Sutherland. There's a lot in of sweatbands. That- oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring them on. I love I love a good sweatband. Who
1: doesn't? Is it in that, like, beach volleyball No, it's thing? in, uh, like, an elementary school gymnasium. Oh. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> It's yeah, ridiculous. I'm, I'm super in. And people take it really serious and whip it at your head. Oh you no, I don't no, no, I'm not in
0: anymore. No,
1: you have to be careful. It is dangerous.
0: Find you a helmet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, that'd be great being the only one showing up wearing a helmet. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh I would be the only one. Oh. I'd wear just, use, I don't care. I'll wear a helmet. Everyone else just goes commando?
0: I'm pretty sure that's the term.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is now.